sit down, take a chew and chew my money till we get it. Till we get it. Paul Wall in the Coopers, what was they talking? Money speak, all that bullshit, keep it. Run the side, run the side, run the I would. I'm. I'm always like even on the Ricky Gervais show. I'm always a big Steve Merchant fan, you know. So like Roberts. Roberts is Steve Merchant in this situation. Just the more level head. Like I don't know about all that, guys. Yeah. Robert has made a promise to not say a single racial slur this entire. <laughs> Finally. Yeah. What's that, JT? Oh, that, that is what made him popular in the first place. It said Zaza. That was talking about. I learned the term Zaza for weed. Now I can't stop saying it. A cool, a cool older guy said Zaza in front of me, and I was like, "Oh yeah, you're that like that." Sounds like the fucking it. whitest shit I've ever heard. Uh, I don't know, dude. I, I heard calling it Zaza. That like, Zaza. It sounds oh. like very Gen X, like '90s stoner kid. Like, yeah, bro, let's get the Zaza, let's get the Zaza. and then we'll get some waves and eat some Zaza. It sounds like I, something a white kid heard from like a Rasta, like when he visited exactly. Jamaica. You were mentioning this is happening in real time. I saw an older guy. My, maybe he's Rasta. I don't know. No, he, he was bald. So definitely he not Rasta. Bald. But a cool older black guy said Zaza. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm calling it Zaza. <laughs> I said, oh, yeah, I can smoke the Zaza. In fact, hey, you've ever been to Memphis? Tennessee? Yeah. Got no business there. No, Memphis, Egypt. No, I haven't. Oh. Well, both of them have a pyramid. <laughs> oh, yeah. You know what? I drove through Memphis. Or, yeah, because I was driving to Nashville from Austin. So so I didn't notice the pyramid. That was nice. Is that the Bass Pro Shop? Yeah. yeah. It's a Bass Pro Shop, and there's a hotel in it. It's right on the other side. Like, you're passing. You, you go to another state when you pass over a bridge there, right? Mm, yeah. They're going into Tennessee. Okay. So I've been there. From Arkansas? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. One time I did comedy in Little Rock at a pizza place. Oh no! One of the worst shows I've ever done in my life, especially because like the people that were excited to do it just had had no intention of not talking to each other about the comedy that was going on. Wait, was, the, the other comedians? So no, I was the only comedian. Oh yeah, yeah. I was on tour with a band. I, I opened for that band Boohoo. That's mm -hmm. what I, I did. I took a summer doing comedy, opening for a band. When was this? 2015, 2016. 2016, 2016. I think. I think it was 2015 or 2016. I can't remember. I remember that shit too. That was wild. That was. Well, you, you've done a couple of tours like that. What I did after a while, I did this with Van Vampire, is I would go on tour with them, but I would book my own shows in that city. So I got a free ride. I got to hang out with my buddies, and I just got to do local comedy shows. The worst thing in the world, though, I had a show playing in Denver. I go to Denver. I show up for the show, and the bartender's like, oh, that got canceled like a few days ago. And I emailed the guy, the comedian that had booked me. I was like, hey, I'm at the venue that you said you booked me at. And he's like, oh, man, sorry, it fell through. You got to come back in a couple weeks. And I was like, I'm on tour. <laughs> I remember putting it up on Twitter with this girl messaging me and being like, hey, I just showed up for the show. Where are you? And I was like, yeah, dude, oh, I think I got canceled. God. Dude, um, you know what still surprises me, JT? Tell me. When, when you submit for a for like a legitimate comedy festival, you have to pay a fee, like 20 bucks, 30 bucks. And it's it's funny because I remember this, uh, one of my buddies told me a story that he got scammed with one. Like basically they were like, yeah, it's, it's going to be at this comedy club in the city this weekend. Like send in your submissions. And it was the person who was running the scam was like, 
a pretty like well-known respected comedian obviously not after um but my buddy told me when he went to the he had to go to his bank to be like hey i need to cancel that charge like it was a scam and then they're like okay well like the the i guess the guy over the phone was like okay well you know this obviously looks like a scam like why would you pay to get into a festival so he had to explain to like this guy at the bank how that's like a normal industry thing and the guy was like i still don't believe you <laughs> having to explain to a banker what a bringer show is yeah, yeah. festival because i was gonna ask what about it looked like a scam besides the fact that it looked like a comedy festival submission form that you have to yeah, exactly. but i mean you, you know i guess you do have to pay yeah that's man what's the upside and speaking of someone who's like paid you know to do festivals it's like what is the upside you go out there you, you don't really get paid for the shows you don't usually get put up really um, you meet people, you network, and they book they book you on other shows that are going to pay you twenty dollars in your local market. You know, yeah. um, but I mean, I don't know. I've done a few festivals and felt like, yeah, it's worth my time. But I guess I don't know. Once you, I don't know. I, I don't really miss them right now. now that I I'm did Shreveport and Boise, and they paid good, and it was oh, fun, see. and you got yeah. to see rock music and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And I was like, this is nice. This is nice. But typically. I think that's the only festival of it. I don't know festival Boise, huh? Well, you People. did a, uh, you did get into the Dallas Comedy Festival right before COVID. Oh yeah, that was gonna be fun. I don't know if they were gonna pay though. They were gonna pay, right? Uh no, we paid them because it was like a twenty dollar fee, and then they're like, "Yeah, we'll we'll hook you up with someone in the city for like lodging." Mm-hmm. I was like, "Oh, so you're gonna find me a couch?" Yeah, I got an Airbnb. I had to cancel that Airbnb. Yeah. Wait, are they doing that festival again? Can they just have me back? Uh, well, I, I followed up with them like months later and they never replied. But then I, it was basically like a year after we submitted. I saw that the the club and like the owners who were booking the festival, like they fucking shut down. Wow. So I'm, I'm so curious too who was running that comedy scam and it just seems like so much work to get like $20 out of somebody but $20 out of 100 people <laughs> yeah is like $2,000 yeah I, I, had to, I couldn't yeah, do the yeah. math thank you <laughs> no, no, yeah yeah I mean it, but that's still paltry you know man but I mean I don't know hang on $2,000 sounds sexy to me I, w- I wish I would have gone the route where I just did bringer shows and like it's paltry got- for a scan. If you're going to ruin your whole reputation, ruin it, you know, at least shoot for hundreds of thousands. Is a bringer show a scam, you think? Oh, um, man. So an argument that I heard recently was like, well, every show is a bringer show. You know, no. they, they only book comedians, uh, you know, like who are going to draw and sell tickets. So like, not as, as they're comedian, booking me. Looking to see. <laughs> <laughs> yes. But as, but I, you know, that's the point. That's what I've heard. And that's like, what people in LA have said to kind of like justify bringer shows. But I mean, there, there's certainly bringer shows that are predatory. There's certainly bringer shows that are scams. Like are all scams are all bringer shows scams. Maybe I think no, all bringer. Sh- so I remember the first time I did a bringer show, I didn't sure. know what it's it was. And for anyone listening, that doesn't know what a bringer show is. A bringer show is when a comedian rents out a comedy club or a theater or a mm-hmm. venue. And mm-hmm. then goes around to open mics and mm-hmm. finds comedians that are just starting out. And they, he goes and says, Hey, I'll book you at, and says something like, you know, the punchline Helia, like names a club. Cause it's the club he rented mm-hmm. out. Cause he has a reputation. He's you know, a working comic. I'll, I'll get you on that show. Mm-hmm. If you can sell 10 tickets, can you get 10 people to come see you comedy? And these, you know, these young 
dumb and full of cum joke <laughs> ass time. They are like, let's go. And they yeah. do. I did do. I remember the first time I got literally scared. And they're so confident it. that they can. Yeah. And then they're already like, wait, if I could sell 10 tickets right now and I already have like a solid 10 minutes, uh -huh. they don't. They don't. Then, uh, <laughs> Yeah, and then they come out, and sometimes their friends are very generous, so then they leave that show thinking that they did extremely yep, well. That's me at 18. Yeah, I definitely dropped out of Bringer shows, too, just because, you know, I got a shady vibe. And I don't really, haven't done Bringer shows in a while, but, like, certainly when I first moved to L.A., it's, like, kind of your early, early path to stage time, like, on a real stage. Bringer shows? Yeah, yeah, kind of. Or people book you, and then they'll be like, hey, do you think you get five people? And, like, you know, a lot of times they don't they don't check, and that's that's kind of few and far between. And then, like, pretty much every place every club people are like hey it'd be great if you get people to buy tickets but i think not that's as much pressure if you're paying me to do a comedy show and it's in a city i have any type of people yeah. in i'm gonna put it online i'm gonna you know what i mean right. yeah, i yeah. got gotcha. you mm -hmm. but like if you are asking me to do your show and i'm like yes i would love to and then it's probably like split a tip at the end or something like that mm. and you're expecting me to try to bring people out to your show or it's like dude i'm getting like seven minutes you want me to ask people to come <laughs> watch me for seven minutes and you know what i mean it's like yeah I, I don't know. And I'm sorry. What was the rest of your story with with your bringer show experience? Oh, first time I was uh, I saw someone on on a Facebook comedy group was uh -huh. like, "Hey, uh, who wants to do a show at the um, the comedy store in Hollywood?" Mm -hmm. And it was in a NorCal comic Facebook group. I just joined. I just joined Facebook for the first time. Right. And right. yeah, I was like, "Oh my god!" And I commented and I posted a video of me doing stand up in the comment, having mm -hmm. no clue that that was like <laughs> annoying and shitty. And I was like, please let me do it. And then a guy that had just came out with an album that had like a good rep, I think his name was Jason Bove or something like mm -hmm. that. He commented and was like, hey, whatever the guy's name was that was doing it. I watched this video. He's fine. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? Like, pretty much like he'd pass. He'd pass. You, can, you can do a bringer show. I was fucking on 10. I drove down to LA. I like invited. I made it. Yeah. Oh my God. Oh my God. I was telling everyone I knew, yeah, I got booked at the comedy store in Hollywood. I was Ever so heard excited. of it? And then Left the key in the door, Matt. I grew up in LA and so I had a bunch of random friends come out. And my buddy, my best buddies lived in Santa Barbara at the time, so mm -hmm. they drove out. So I brought the most people. So the guy booked me, knowing I was fucking an idiot, was like, Hey dude, you're gonna headline tonight. He's like, you brought them. You're gonna headline, man. And I was like, yeah. oh my god, that's how it works. Yeah, that, was, that's how headliners get jobs. It's like they show up with the most friends. That's just, yeah, yeah, that's dude. I had no clue. That's not how it worked. You know what <laughs> I mean? I was like, dude, oh my god. I fucking, I didn't, I did not stop talking about that for like a good year until yeah. I. It, it took a long time for me to set in. Like, oh shit, that was just a shitty bringer show that anyone could do. Mm, I did. How, it. how was it? How did you do? Like, how was the show itself? I did. I did horrible. I was doing. I was bad at comedy. Okay. I did so bad. But, I mean, but did, did he laughed. walk away? Okay. Your friends left after you did your set? Oh, no, my friends laughed. Oh, they laughed. Gotcha. <laughs> like, they're my friends. Of course they yeah. laughed. I was young. Of course they laughed. You know what I mean? Like, so, so it was a bad set, but did you walk out feeling good about it? Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's awesome. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> I, I missed that really lack of self-awareness. First bringer set, JT fucking tops it. Oh, yeah. I got <laughs> He was one and done on that shit. Yeah. He's like, should I just retire from comedy? Like, I've, I've already perfected the craft. Walk away on top. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That because I mean, are they still doing bringer shows at the comedy store? Yeah. Yeah. Every club has some kind of bringer shows are the meanest thing. It's so yeah. Weird. I feel like it's they kind of they kind of disguise them. I don't know. They don't overtly yeah. call them bringers. You know. So it's, um, it's it's like there's they're now like kind of experimenting with gray. Like so many mics are paid mics. Like you know what what are called the slotted mics, and it you know guarantees you five minutes. It also guarantees you. You know, at least like 10 ish people watching it, mm -hmm. you know, so it's like. And you pay them to do it? 
five, you know, it's like five dollars for a five minute set for a lot of those. Uh, wow. Yeah, kind of like practice. And, and those are like a lot of the ones that are close to me, you know, like a lot of the most convenient ones. And like in a way, you're almost paying five because then you show up and I hate like buckets and lotteries, too. Yeah, everyone it's does. just a bitch to get stage time in a lot of ways. You know, it's uh, comes at a premium there. That is like that. I mean, honestly. Even when, though there's so many opportunities, you know? That's the thing when people ask me about the comedy scene in Austin is like, oh, I can't just walk into a mic, know the host, get five mm, minutes to oh, yeah, people. No. I hate it now. Even if you do yeah. know the host, they're still like, and, and, and you have your $5? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, fuck that. <laughs> I, I couldn't imagine paying to do comedy. I like no. doing comedy. Don't get me wrong. I don't need to make money doing it. You know, I do it for free all the time, mm -hmm. baby. Yeah, yeah. JT, like, huh. do, you so re do you remember like right before the pandemic, that guy moved to town trying to do the Roma room? Yes, that was so was it the Roma room? Yeah, like I mean now now it's now it's that back room at like the brass tap or whatever in the domain, but this guy yeah. from LA like moved to Austin, was gonna rent out like this uh boarded up office building uh -huh. and basically make it this sort of like Chinese water torture type of like you pay for open mic uh time. But the oh, other thing was like annihilated. It was right. Like, yeah, he just got yeah. Yeah, that's funny. No one liked that idea. I, I had just moved to LA when that happened. So I was like, oh shit. Like, you know, <laughs> because I walked in and I was like, this is how it is in LA. And then like immediately that happened. And I was like, is this like something that's just happening and people are getting wind of it? Um, like I but then but then it, they kind of like beat him back to wherever he came from, right? I mean never came to fruition. Yeah, exactly. But I remember in the post he was like, I will lock the doors so the crowd and the comedians performing cannot leave. That's a fire hazard. If yeah. You me. <laughs> that's that's yeah. a threat. People are he literally no, he uh, he tried to make it a selling point that he's like, No, like when you sign up, like you cannot leave until the entire like show is over. Like Ooh. I lock the room. Mm -hmm. It's just like, dude, that like get get ready for the hounds. Yeah. yeah. Oh, because he was like. It was funny he, to watch Austin just turn on him so. Because yeah. yeah, I no just patience. showed up to LA and being like, "Wait, is this normal?" And then this guy's like, "Hey, I'm here in Austin doing this," and then everyone just like, "Yeah, just eviscerated him." Ridiculous. That was so funny. It the the idea that like, like if it's like Friday night and it's a good comedy, I want to watch it right on a Wednesday, seven p.m. You couldn't pay me to stay at an open mic. You know what I mean? It's not like, not till you know, not till they shut. Oh, no also, also in those, uh, and and I guess that's the thing too, because we're conditioned for open mics to go like three hours. It's like they do like kind of every hour on the hour. Uh huh. You know, so it's like I mean, in Austin, we're, we feel conditioned to like you know, it just drags on and drags on people's mm. names, and then you have like, oh, I'm going up forty second tonight. You know, and oh. those, and so you don't really have like. I guess in LA they're like they keep it organized. That's what you're paying for too. Is I guess you're guaranteed to not like, you know, be. But but at the same time, you know, I just rather show up and put in my name and, you know, and just do my thing and then leave and don't you know don't feel like you have to stay there the whole goddamn time. That sounds fair. I I I, I like the organization, right? Where it's like mm -hmm. I know the time I'm going to go on. I'll go do that. I'll do my time. I'll get out of there. That's fine. That's good. I go okay. Awesome. But what I hate is the idea where it's like, I'm going to spend six bucks in gas. I'm going to spend 30 minutes parking. And then mm. I'm going to pay to mm. tell my oh, little yeah. stories, yeah, to get yeah. up there and tell my little stories. I got to pay to tell my, that was tell my, my little stories used to be a gift from God that was free. <laughs> I had to be. <laughs> God gave me the right to tell me my little stories. An open mic host doesn't give me the right to tell my little stories. Mm. God gave me that divine right. I have a divine right That's your to tell my right. little stories. Yeah. To do my little bits, and then uh, and then man, life, come up liberty, and, and telling your little and stories. Life, liberty, and my little that's bitty the, stories. Yeah. The three tenets of the Constitution. That's all. That's all I want. I want to tell my little. I want to, you know, be, just want to. I want to. I want to be a little silly. 
Mm-hmm. I want to eat. I want a place to sleep. And they're trying to make me pay for that. That's well, a human. But, okay, but I guess now devil's advocate over here. But you can tell your little stories anytime, anywhere. You're telling your and little stories right now, not having to pay for it. I guess it's just in that format. And that's it's a corporatization of it. You know, it's just uh, a corporatization of like comedy. And, and it's, you know, it's hard to stomach. In, in a lot of places, you know, it's like I, I get times where I feel for exactly the reasons we're talking about, you know, and then when you dive deeper into like, you know, how, you know, certain people get booked and, um, you know, how it's not always conducive to who's best joke writer, you know, who's necessarily been, uh, you know, who's honestly that good, you know, at this point, it's, uh, yeah, I don't know, we, we see you know, just, just, you know, having to do that grind and then seeing who walks away with like some opportunities, like right out the gates. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that can be disheartening. Yeah. It's yeah. like, Oh, my dad's Lee Greenwood singer <laughs> of God bless the USA. I think I'll do a comedy. Club. Wait, you know, because this is something. Like- <laughs> <laughs> my first bringer show is with her, man. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Is she funny? Um, who is it? The Lee Greenwood's daughter. Who's a comedian. Um, do you remember her? I name? can't remember her name. Yeah. She's nice. I really enjoyed talking no. to her. <laughs> yeah, because I don't think she goes by Lee Green. Like no. she doesn't put her name in the bucket. They're like, okay, and Lee, Lee Greenwood's daughter. Lee, you're on Lee deck. Greenwood's daughter. Coming I know next she was on stage. Well, she was on okay. All right. But not one of the that, I mean But she's I, pivoting. That, I, you know what's so funny is like comedy is the ultimate last ditch pivot. You oh, know, yeah. I was a reality star, so now I'll do comedy. I was uh uh you know, I don't want to call it specific professions because Did then people do, be like, "You're talking about me." But I'm. Did you just, do comedy or acting first? I was an actor first. Pivot. You pivot yeah, I did pivot. Comedy. Well, okay, but now the truth is, I started comedy as a means to kind of um, more more like supplement my acting career in a way, which I know no one really wants to hear. But because I I saw that my favorite actors, Robin Williams, Adam Sandler, Nick Swartz, and like when I was growing up, like mm-hmm. the, you know those. Um, I was like, they're all comedians. So I really forced myself to do comedy. And it was like a really steep learning curve because it was nothing like theater. I was like, I've done theater. I've done musicals. Comedy's going to be, yeah. You're yeah. like, I got this. But that did not translate to like good early, you know, like I was not good early on. I wasn't you know? good for the first like six, seven years I did comedy. Yeah, I think a lot of people think that. I'm yeah. still not very good. You know what <laughs> I mean? I think the same with comedians going into acting. Do you guys think Casey Rocket do comedy? Oh yeah, I, I did two shows with them back to back. Funniest guy I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, I it makes me sick to my stomach that you. It was like the first time I saw Avery Moore, and I was like, "Oh, I suck at comedy. I hate this." So I saw Casey Rocket, and I was like, "God <laughs> fucking damn it! This is the best <laughs> thing I've ever seen in my life." I was like, "Why am I so not?" Ca- that Casey exactly? would even tell you this. He had actually shared this because I I took a photo of him, and he shared. He said one of the most jarring bombs of the 21st century because he I did two shows with him, two brewery shows. First show just like annihilate, you know, just did everything that you described, uh-huh. and uh, and then the second show is out in Dripping Springs Brewery. Different, different Andre Rick shows, right? Exactly. I did yeah, both they're those. Both. They're great. Yeah. Yeah. I did those uh, with him back to back like this week in uh-huh. Austin, Austin. And, uh, and then the second show, it was just like everything you might think would go wrong, like with that, you know, just his style. And, uh, and he's funny as fuck. Unreal, and and I, I'm telling my dad, like, you don't understand. Like, because my this parents is good. I, that promise. Show. Yeah. I, I was, yeah. I was, I was like, he and I, and like, I feel for him too because he's introduced where like, oh, he's just been crushing everywhere and doing so already these like, <laughs> You know, Dripping Springs folk are yeah. like, okay. And then he's just like, y'all take Robitussin. Jimmy Carter hates me, bro. And then I'm just like, oh, okay. <laughs> oh, I, w- I was dying. You know, I was having a great time. And, uh, oh, I would yeah. love to see him, Bob, especially if he keeps it up the whole time. Yeah, that, he did. Dripping oh, Springs. 
hand. It wasn't dripping. Yeah. <laughs> but someone in the bag was like, get a rope. It was not, not like that. I remember I, before <laughs> we were doing it. Were they show, just like, who the fuck is this kid? Oh, um, totally. Totally. Okay. And, and, and uh, like me and Andre, because yeah, that was the show my family came out to. Me and Andre are a little bit like after the show, tell my dad, like, like no, like you don't understand. This guy was, was just like, he crushes and all this stuff. And then uh, I was like, this comedy is just on another level. You just don't understand it yet. No, and this is also like my, not even like my theory. It's just like what we see in comedy. But like that was at a brewery and it was like pseudo outdoors. It was hot and muggy, mm-hmm. you know, like, like uh, the, the show where he, and like, you know, everyone had a good show um, at the first one at Last Stand Brewery. Yeah, uh, but you know, it was, it was like, the perfect, you know, it's dark and then good lighting and everyone's all engaged crowd. And, they're all regular. Yeah. Yeah. And they've the, seen comedy. They enjoy comedy. They expect comedy. Right. Right. And then, and then here it's like open, it's hot, it's more open space. And, and like, and also there's no real stage. So like, you know, maybe it helps to have him like pacing, like almost on a stage, you know? So, you know, like, yeah, like, you know, otherwise <laughs> you didn't just walk in parading. Right. Yeah. You're just walking be like, well, you're close to my table. I dude. would love to see him with like people circled around him. Like, um, oh my god in the round like a pit theater in the round like a pit, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, i, I yeah. guarantee you floor yeah. level maybe give him a small podium to stand on yeah. and he can go <laughs> white wedding <laughs> a little crowd assembled right before you know <laughs> Dude, he is. oh man his comedy makes me sick like i literally my stomach will hurt do you do you see your like is that the kind of comedian like i don't know like like you what how do you <laughs> this is a question that most people are not comedians will ask and, and it'll, you'll sound so you'll like hate that they ask it. But since I am a comedian, I'll ask, how would you define like your comedic style? It's all about like, unity. 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 I like people that That's the answer. I give whenever, <laughs> whenever someone says that, what's your comedy about? Or what kind of comedy do you do? Cause they don't know. They know they'll mm-hmm. say, do you do deprivating comedy? Cause the only type of comedy I've ever heard a name for it. But they go, what type of comedy do you do? I go, Oh, my bit's all about unity. Bringing people. Oh, together. that's good. I love to say that. I can't even mad about that that's because it's also a really good answer. Yeah, well, I mean, it's not. It's just bullshit. I was like, I was like, whether you even mean that or not, it's as good of like a concise one word. People answer. either appreciate it or they give like a follow up, like, oh, so like, it's what is it about? <laughs> I mean, like, I'm bringing so- Christ in the comedy. JT Kelly comedy. Oh Austin's yeah, premier also- Christian comedian. Yeah, and no I'm, jokes I'm- about. Rebrand too. And I rebranded how's, to Christianity. How's church been? Well, oh, and you, you describe it as a rebrand, and then you say like, "Oh, but I really believe in it." So oh yeah, it sounds great. less genuine when you describe it as a. Re- <laughs> I, they don't say I've rebranded to Judaism. It's I, usually like converted you to Judaism. Rejected yeah. Three times. yeah they, 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 they. And then Look what Bob can... Dylan did. What exactly? Re- did... Well, no, it was a uh, yeah. Bob Dylan rebranded to Judaism, became Robert Zimmerman for a while. Really, uh, JT's really... doing the same thing. Uh, no, I rebranded to Christian. That's a lifelong commitment. And yeah, if I, I mean, change, it'll be like Simon. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my name is now Paul. Oh yeah, but original twelve. Uh, you no, just actually, go straight to Jesus. Actually, actually, it's just the guy I met at a coffee shop. Why we involved taking his name? That's so funny because you'll connect to people in a way that they're like excited to connect to you, and then you give them this curveball that like really frustrates them. You know, because you're like. Oh, I've converted. I renamed, or I've I've rebranded, not converted to Christianity, and feels like already like okay. I've renamed myself to Paul after one of the apostles. Oh no, just this guy I met at a coffee shop, and then Got like you'll show up at a Taekwondo tournament, and this guy will be like, "Oh, so good to meet a fellow." And then you're like, "Yeah, aren't you excited to do karate?" And then he's like, oh. uh, "My favorite part about jujitsu is calling it karate." <laughs> that people because you either think it's so funny and they're like, "Oh yeah, it's fucking karate," or it's like. 
uh, actually, it's completely different than like, and it's like, yeah, dude. Guess what? I didn't, one time a guy, I swear to God, a guy at jujitsu asked me if I take it seriously. Yeah. In like a very like, dude, do you take this seriously? And I was like, oh, my wrestling class? No, <laughs> I did this. Is my hobby. I like, I like it. You know what I mean? But it's like, do I take this seriously? No, man, I don't. So to them, that's the equivalent of like, you know, one of those comedians who just waste waste your time, like waste everyone's time when they go up. You oh, know yeah. what I mean? It's just like that guy's like, why did you put your name in the bucket? Oh, yeah. Why did you sign up in that? The kind open of thing? mic hobbyist. Right, like poor dad who doesn't want to hang out with his wife every night. Right, that's my my least favorite type of comedian is the guy that starts doing open mics because he fucking hates his family, and he wants to find like a supportive community that can help him hate his fucking family. And also, no like, for those and to communicate in a not so subtle way. You know? Yep, how much yeah. he felt. I no respect for those dudes. Oh my god, you made a choice, dude. You mm-hmm. made a choice. Oh, you want to be a family man? You gotta go be a family man. Yeah, I can be a comedian forever. I ain't got a kid. The second I have a kid, it's not like I'm gonna be like, ah, dude, I'm sorry, you got to take care of the kid 24-7. I work full-time, and then I also go do my little open mics now that I'm 40. I decided mm-hmm. to start doing open mics. Uh-uh. Started when I was a baby, dude. No way out, okay? Well, I mean, if you're 40, you should have a job that gives you the health insurance to get a therapist. Yeah. Like, <laughs> so you shouldn't really, you know. Do you, you see a therapist? Uh, yeah. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm loving just, therapy. Yeah, yeah, same. I'd, uh, you know, been in treatment like a few times, and then this latest one, started with i started with the therapist a couple months ago and it's it you know two to three months but it was hell getting an appointment like it was just the most frustrating fucking series of like hurdles and pieces of red tape too to cut through um yeah yeah so that, that was like a whole thing that got me like super down and so it was like the sheer irony of like i'm looking for help and like y'all are like fucking me up to the mm. point that like when i first met my therapist on on zoom or whatever it's like i was like broke down i was like y'all fucked me up you know <laughs> yeah and uh so i was like now i gotta spend a whole session on doing all this shit yeah you can't yeah. cry in front of your therapist that gives them too much you power can- <laughs> <laughs> yeah i, never I read that somewhere yeah i read that somewhere i also i do mine on zoom i pace the whole way i will be in control of the conversation yeah i interrupt her mid-sentence you know what i mean <laughs> i will i will not lose control of the conversation yeah and pace it. I sometimes I put on a full suit. Meanwhile, like, they're just like writing on all the things I got to prescribe you. <laughs> it's funny because like you don't see. I only see her from like the chest up, and so I can't see that she's writing. But every now and then I'll see her glance down that she's writing. And I always want to be like, "What do you write down? What are you <laughs> writing down right now? What are you writing down? Who are you giving that to?" One time, uh, just bring your own notepad, JT. <laughs> Take my own notes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> going to be a mutual assessment. Or no, just. <laughs> The the next time, because when you're like, yeah, I pace around. It's like, what are you trying to do? Like some time for her? <laughs> yeah, I think JT probably is doing. Like, that. I, I'd rather pay a professional than some chump at the open mic. It's yeah. hard to do comedy. I mean, it's hard to do therapy, and like, I have to be really serious. And it's like, but also, I'm still like, I can't. I'm never off. Like, I'm always mm-hmm. making little jokes. It's mm-hmm. and so it's like. It makes me question, like, you know, I'm taking this seriously, even though I'm making my little jokes the whole time. I can't not make. And she'll ask, like, well, so what would happen if you didn't make a joke right then? And I'm like, <laughs> she can say that. Yeah. Uh, and, good for her. Yeah, and I'll be like, a fucking demon will come out of my closet and stab me in the head. I don't know. I've never had the option of not. I have to make a little joke. I can't have it. Yeah. And like, yeah. What? Oh, what? Hap- what would happen if you didn't laugh after you said that? I don't know. I have no clue. My body just lies. Just do it. There's, I have no option but mm. to take, do a little laugh, do a little. And bit. then she's like, "Your body not doing that is because of your father." Yeah. And you're like, "Fuck!" Oh. Yeah. Oh, therapy's been great because uh, everything's my mom's fault. Yeah. I, oh, oh my yeah. god. Welcome to therapy. I had friend. no. Fu- I thought I was fucked up and like mentally or something. It's like, but no, it's, dude. but at the same, it's not even her fault because uh, of her abuse. I haven't gotten there yet. <laughs> <laughs> you've, you've been doing therapy a little longer, bro. This it's, is what you know. He hasn't reached that tier yet. 
he hasn't. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm I'm at great great grandfather. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I still have a couple more. Brian's yeah. at a level eight. I'm at a level six. JT, you're still at like level three. <laughs> you at least got to be at four to get like past. The, you know here. the next generation. Electromagnetic things right here. I'll tell you what your level is. Right Brian's here. on like the fucking depravity of man level. <laughs> there, he just sees it all. He's back to original sin. I'm I'm back to Scientology. Yeah, dude, yeah. you should do Scientology. I'm a, I mean, I should. You know, if we're talking about good career moves. If you want to be an actor, I w- if I lived in LA, I would do Scientology. <laughs> I would rebrand because you can be a Christian and a do you Scientologist. Think you could stand right? up to their vetting. Yeah. I wonder. I wonder what they're. I don't know. Here's the it's, thing. They're scary. You stalk <laughs> me. Scary. I'm not gonna mind it. You know what I mean? Make me a targeted individual. I love attention. So like, <laughs> my house. Awesome. I love other people's. I need that. I feed off other people's energy. I love it. Bring it on. Oh, oh you record me and call me a squirrel buster or something. Chill, dude. Awesome. I love that. Record me. Make me a star, baby. Mm-hmm. What are you on YouTube? Let's do this. I yeah, worst opinion on that. I could I could do Scientology. There's a there's a killer seafood restaurant right by the Church of Scientology. So every time I found an oyster, shout out. <laughs> every time I go, and actually I took my parents there last time they were in LA. And um, such a morbid curiosity with the Church of Scientology. We like walked up and down. You know, like like I've I've walked through that walkway a couple times. And you know, yeah. there's there's like a Starbucks right. <laughs> it's like there's this restaurant, church, and then a Starbucks. So like just to like get a little drink at the Starbucks, you gotta cut through it, and you know, you just gotta everything's normal. Everything's normal. See all the people in their suits nodding. You know, sharing pleasantries with one another. Kind of like pseudo making eye contact with you, but mm-hmm. knowing like heretic. You know. I think that, like, worst case, what's worst case scenario if you join Scientology? You don't get famous and you lose all your money. Well, I guess um, worst case is like you're in it for life. Yeah. So maybe you do it because you have this goal that's more of like a short to midterm goal, but that's not like a life. You want to be in Handmaid's Tale? <laughs> you want to be I a mean, star? I would. Lo- no, I would love to. You want to be a star? But here's 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 what scares me is like now I have to live by someone else's rules permanently you know for my life in order to by now i mean more or less my own and it's it's cost me i think it's cost me opportunities to not like directly align myself with like one super community you know that's like and but that's that's at my own you know at my own cost like all i'd rather uh just do my thing on my terms and live you know live a life that i like than like consider judaism yeah, <laughs> I, mean, I think you should do not, one of not them. like a, yeah. yeah, it's just I or I Christianity, know. obviously, obviously Christianity is great. So one. my dad's dad was Jewish, yeah, and and I I went to a Jewish preschool. Um, Are you serious? I just have, but but and but I'm also confirmed in the Catholic faith. I've received First Communion. I have what, such a weird. You oh, you're Catholic. Uh, That's I have, a great I have one. a weird. Boom. Yeah, yeah, like my mom is Cuban Catholic. Uh, my so my dad's dad was Jewish until um he so um. This other family was from Odessa, Ukraine. Um, but at that point, it was like around the formation of all the aggressive pogroms uh, against Jewish people, and, and so so there was like a mass exodus. Uh, they came to the U.S. and uh, and then my grandfather kind of saw World War II coming. And was like, uh, they don't treat Jewish people so nice here. After and then he made a deal with his parents after his bar mitzvah that. He wouldn't have to be Jewish anymore. So wow, like, okay, it's like well, when I got Eagle Scout, my parents let me quit. Boy that's Scout. exactly what it was like. Yeah. He had Eagle yeah. Scout of Judaism, and then uh, quit. Got out of there. Yeah, and so then Nicki my dad's Minaj pretty pretty agnostic or something. Um, <laughs> Nicki Minaj did not okay. perform. That'd be an excellent special guest, in my opinion. Yeah, I and yeah, I grew up with you know, a lot of Jewish friends, like within the Jewish preschool. So I went to all the bar mitzvahs and bat mitzvahs when they happened. Nice. That was a great time. But uh, but yeah, once again, it's like one foot in Christianity, one foot in you know like. 
kind of everything else. Old school Christianity. Old school, yeah, yeah. Christianity is just rebranded Judaism. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Catholicism is is uh, rebranded Orthodox. <laughs> it's it's very yeah. I don't even know <laughs> like how you. I mean, there's such an emphasis on the Virgin Mary, you know. Luther rebranded Catholicism. Specifically, we got Protestants. Yeah. Latino Catholicism or Cuban Catholicism. The spiciest of the Catholicisms. It is. Oh my God. My, my cousin had like the three hour, like <laughs> a wedding that was the length of the Lord of the Rings, like trilogy. Damn. Director's cut. Yeah. At least one of the director's <laughs> cut for sure. Um, and it was like a very strict, like Catholic kind of uh, a wedding. But My bro Zach got married Catholic, but he's not Catholic. And so he had to get it confirmed in the Catholic church first. Mm-hmm. And they only do that like in like a short period if you're in the army. So he faked being in the army, shows up to Catholic class and he signs a document promising some dude that every time he comes, it will be inside his wife. And I was like, damn, bro, I'm a little Catholic for real. I was like, <laughs> you signed a contract with God saying you got a blast inside. I think I might have a little bit of Catholic in me. I'll be These honest. These contracts like little... are why I stay away from institutional yeah, like, religion. I don't you know, know those contracts. You're going to have to sign something or do, you know, give up some. You're going to have to tithe. I don't want to tithe, I guess, is a big part Just of it. Just fucking looking at a dude who's never had sex in the eyes and being like, yeah, I promise every time I blast, I will do it right inside. Yeah. That is it. <laughs> and it's like, deal, deal, do you bump and fist with him? And it's like, you know, a dude made that rule up. <laughs> yeah. And I think that's just like an excuse for him to like always, you know, bust inside his wife. He's like, honey, like if I don't do, you know, I, I come and God wants yeah. this. God doesn't want me to wear this a This is a divine command from god himself that's so so it said bust inside his wife yes okay okay it it wasn't just like bust inside dot 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 and then he's like "Ooh, loophole no 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 he had to do every time he blasted because the bible's full of loopholes like oh i can't have a baby so have sex with a maid instead nice that's a good loophole (laughs) that is quite the loophole you know the term kinsman redeemer kinsman redeemer i know from the story of ruth where it's like if your brother's wife if your brother dies you have to marry his wife so when I was like 11 or 12 years old, I made that joke to my brother's then fiance. I said, technically, technically, I could be your kinsman redeemer one day. And my whole family was like, nah, uh, chill. See, why haven't the Biden <laughs> that line to describe like Hunter Biden marrying his his dead brother's uh, wife? You know, it's like it's a kinsman redeemer move. Yeah, that's an ad. He is an absolute kinsman redeemer. Yeah. Ah, dude, Hunter Biden. If he ever wanted to relate to, yeah, Republicans hate this guy. If he was just like, guys, guys, I'm just a kinsman redeemer. They'd be like, he's all right. I want her to have a spot with me in heaven. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Do you want to talk, uh, do you want to talk sales, JT? Do we even have time? We don't really have time. We have like only a couple minutes. I got to shower and get to the karate class. Yeah. What are you talking about? You got on at like 1120. We only got 30 minutes right now. 30 hot Tell us about sales. What what type of sales? Brian, how long have you been in sales for? I've been in sales. I mean, in a way, all my life, but like, I guess in terms of like selling software and phone sales and like call center stuff. You know, five years now. You know, five, five years. Five pretty great. Years. Yeah, yeah, man. Pretty great. Um, it's been a ride. It's been a ride. It's paved. It's paved like an opportunity to still pursue my art, and um, it's still kind of aligned with like still developing like a communicative, you know, skill set. Mm-hmm. So that's that's helpful and kind of. And translate to comedy at the same time you also have like and now especially have my moments where i'm like man you know i i'm really ready to like go hard and and full on in, in the arts mm-hmm. and uh you know in some fashion or another so that's a lot of good things i you know i still enjoy it 
But um, yeah, it's it's just been amazing to watch you <laughs> and like how you've come up because you know I don't know if like the average listener will know this, but you you describe yourself as a telemarketer. You're a very very talented account executive. I'm an you know? account. I love you're the an account executive. You're a salesman though. Yeah. I mean, you're you're a sales rep through and through. Like you understand process. You understand rapport. It is fun. I just like talking. That's the you understand thing. problem solving. You know, you understand yeah. that that's like part. Of- <laughs> No, you, he understands how to get a sale. He knows He knows about closing. He's a hard closer. I, JT's probably a little harder closer than I am. I'm a little pushy degree. of a closer, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I can get pretty pushy on the close with people. It's like, yeah. look, man, unless you want, it's like you either close right now on this deal or I'm going to send you a flyer every fucking day to my next open mic slot. <laughs> and uh, I better fucking see you in the crowd there. So would yeah. you say that's like the primary difference in our styles is that you're you're a harder, like, on you know one call close i try i mean not even one call close i just made i feel like i want to start conversations by saying you know you have to give me a decision at the end of this conversation Mm -hmm. and then whenever Mm -hmm. we end the conversation gotta get a decision Mm -hmm. and it's like i don't always i mean more more often than not i just prefer that just for my own sanity yeah Yeah, yeah. it's got to be a thing where it's like when sometimes i'll talk to someone and i'll be like hey this product can help you in this way and they'll be like oh okay i agree okay can you afford this product? Mm. Like, yes. Okay. If I show you how this could affect you individually mm. and change your business. And that's just like good old fashioned, like GoDaddy. Like, yeah. Yeah. From, from our initial job. At Only GoDaddy. way I learned yeah. how to sell. Hannah Reeves, the most intense telemarketer I've ever met. The most like brutal. <laughs> they called her officer Hannah because she would, she would call people on the phone and be like, Hey, I need to talk to you about a sales pitch right now. They'd be like, I'm driving. She'd be like, pull over. <laughs> and she would get multiple people to pull over on the fucking road, pull up their phone and go to the website and pitch them and sell them right there. And so it's like, they call it like, like Oh, you're going to need to pull up ahead. Officer Hannah. Yeah. And Officer it's Hannah's like, got you. You got to slow down. You're going to. And she was really mean to me until I got good at sales. But I don't know. I don't know if that's how like a coach is. Supposed you might, to be. you might've needed that early on. Maybe. You might've needed that. I, I remember that. crying by the way she I talked to that. me. I would like, Oh, I was so sensitive. And now it's mm. like, now you're dead inside. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Has she ever shit blood? You're so stressed from work. Shit blood all the time. Um, shit and blood nonstop. God, I've de- I've definitely had abnormal shitting patterns and consistency based on stress related to the job. Oh my god, when I quit GoDaddy after like two years, I had the weirdest reaction to it. Like the first day, all I did was clean, just nonstop. The second, uh, yeah. Then the second day, I just screamed at the top of my lungs by myself, like to know wow. yeah just because and i was just like i got away with a two-year bank heist like i just would <laughs> sing random songs to myself and then uh and then on the third day i just shit just non-stop yep. just two years of fist pumps yeah two years of fist <laughs> pumps and let's fucking goes yeah the culture of like a, a fucking sales center is like so like cringe Tox, uh, and then you leave it toxic like, positivity it. Yeah. toxic positivity is I, a good word it's like church where everyone has to be nice to you that's what i like it's like you go in everyone's like how you doing buddy good to see you I'm like, ah, <laughs> damn, you too man let's fist bump let's that's go. why you like sales it was a replacement for your church upbringing exactly oh yeah. my god yeah and i fit right in you had you had like a central charismatic figure you'd have to follow uh-huh. you know doing morning announcements uh-huh. it's like oh yeah i won't say it, the name but it, dude it, uh, wait so did GoDaddy have like a like a prize wheel you would spend Depends on the month, but yeah. I think to answer your question, because you know you'd have like certain spiffs, uh, sales performance incentive uh, is kind of like what it is, but uh, um, yeah, where and and some spiffs included a a wheel, some included like you know top five this month get like their choice of 
free gifts, you know, which could be like a pork chop at Perry's Steakhouse. Yeah. You know, sometimes, yeah, like you know, a team that's builder. A, that's dinners. a classic. Go, yeah, I've that. only ever been to Perry's at Sales <laughs> Accolade Lunch. I've been to Perry's with three different companies. If, if there it's the only time I've yeah, been is for if sales. There were like ten sales offices around Perry's Steakhouse. Would they have a business? Yeah, you know, for like real. who would even go? It is. It is. And but the weirdest thing about doing good at sales is you have to hang out with your boss. It's like your reward dinner with your boss. And it's like, oh, can I go to dinner with my chick and just give you guys the bill? Like, I like, no. it's like now everyone from your work and they want to get drunk with you. And it's like, oh, okay, you guys want to see us drunk? I'm going to say some shit. <laughs> that is funny. Yeah, that is funny that that like it is an incentive to lower your inhibitions around your superiors. Yeah, that's yeah. I'm like, I'm like, it seems like y'all are getting rewarded with seeing your top performers at their most vulnerable now. Yeah, for real. You know? So like dirt. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But yeah, I mean, how many? Uh, That's I, why I, I pour tea in the shot glass, and then I just commit corporate espionage from that point on. The, I just the thing I say at every sales job when I first get hired is like right after I start, and they're like, "Hey, so we're gonna do a team builder." I'm like, "I'll do one. <laughs> I'll do you one. One from Jason. I will hang out with all of you one time, and it'll be fun. And then I will never go out with you guys after work again." Mm-hmm. And people get really defensive about that, and they're like, "Oh," and it's like, "Yeah, I have a life that I'm fulfilling. Mm-hmm. My life is not." telemarketing with y'all love y'all god bless y'all happy to see y'all but if i start doing that that's a horrible road to go now where i just neglect all the things that the reason i do sales for is to afford to do comedy to afford to be able to do karate you know what i mean the things that like i mean I, like, think, I think jobs forget well they don't forget but they just try to test our boundaries with how much they can get into our lives and get us to become like you know free marketers for them outside of like the, uh-huh. uh, the actual yeah we put in that's so. something difficult about working from home is it's really it's a real blurry line sometimes about mm-hmm. how late i'll stay yeah they did a better like last year we really struggled with that and then it, it caused a lot of headbutting but uh uh but yeah this year it feels like they took a step back because they kind of recognized that and uh you know heard, heard what we had to say um, but, it's, um yeah. it's hard to work from home in my you like working from home i prefer it's, office it's, it's, it's like a, a mixed bag separation. it's a mixed bag like ideally you'd have like some kind of uh hybrid schedule yeah. that that's on your terms but then what i hear is that you know whenever that happens and you go to the office no one's there because mm-hmm. everyone is working from home so maybe like i don't know a pseudo coordinated hybrid schedule but mm-hmm. uh but just just to get out of the fucking house sometimes, you know, yeah. just to get out of the fucking house, because otherwise working from home kicks ass and it, and it just beats it beats the drudgery of like, first of all, the gas, the the driving, the the honestly, the fact that like sometimes your boss is hovering over you can make you less efficient. And mm-hmm. yeah, so I mean, I want to have the free kombucha on tap. I love the tech company thing, like the tech company cheesiness, the ping pong like, table. Yeah, that's I mean, just designed I, I, to yeah, keep I us from starting a union. <laughs> I'm not yeah. going to yeah. just let me hit the phones. I promise. I want to drink your kombucha. I want to like have the free little yogurt your... snacks in your fridge. I want to start a union. I want okay? the free barista. Yeah. Oh, free barista. That the... was, that was the ultimate We had part. at GoDad, this is like the most douchebag shit in the world. It, it was incredible. It was. We had a, a houndstooth barista in the, in the office that would make us drinks. And I was only at that office for like two months. Mm. No, only one month. I was only there for one month. And then we moved to the newer office. Yeah, man. That was wild. Yeah, yeah. What a time to be alive. So, so you. do you remember, uh, can, can I tell like the story of like when, and this is when I noted that, that this, this, I think in my estimation is when you were first, like, I think I'm going to be a salesperson. When is um, this? Uh, you were at juice land. Oh yeah. I was on break and, uh, I'd come down and get a juice from you and stuff like that. I, I loved seeing you at juice land. Every time I went to juice, land, I was like, I hope JT's here because steal from work for he would, he would yeah. give me a free thing. He would also just be like, 
doing finger guns at everybody and just like making jokes and riffs in between. And uh, and then at, whenever I'm in there, he's like, "Oh, Bobby, what's up, man?" And then like uh, I went into the went into the side room where you're like in the fridge, and then you're just like, "Yeah, man, I, I think I want to get out of the uh, I think I just want to get out of the service industry life. I just can't do it anymore. I can't mm-hmm. do you know like we all hit a wall with with that." And then, uh, and then you're just like, so, so what are you doing? You're in sales, right? How much money are you making? And then I just like gave you a general estimate and you're just like, shut the fuck up. Yeah. You just go, shut the fuck up. Yeah. And then, uh, he's like, all right, um, I'm going to do this now. And then I was like, all right, man. And my biggest thing was like, could, could you get JT to focus 830 to 530, you know, Monday through Friday? Could, could you channel his energy like for that amount of time for it? And she's been a resounding yes. And just like, ever since you, you committed to that i was just like fuck man you just you just took off and ran with it yeah ryan lined me up with my free he got me he re- like referred me and talked to the the hiring person for me because i had no experience at all all service industry stuff and like production stuff mm-hmm. and it was like it was exactly i got i saw wolf of wall street after <laughs> and so i thought i might really, like, tell people that story that would work they would think i was like doing a thing and that's what happened i was like fuck you you make that you make good money just telemarketing i was like that's you you hit on the phones you call people you talk to them they yeah. give you a credit card I was like, I didn't know that was a job. I thought that was insane. I was like, that that I didn't know you could just try to. That sounds illegal. <laughs> and like, I, yeah, it's nuts. Sometimes it is. Yeah, sometimes it, it is. I love to call it telemarketing because it kind of shows you who grew up rich. Because like when you call it telemarketing and people act like, whoa, it's like, yeah, dude, you think you're better than me and you went to college. If I went to college, I would call it phone sales. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> I went to college. Like, you have the oh, same job so as all those college grads, though. That's, that's the thing. Yeah. Make- yeah, you, you, you're in the same job, doing the same things, and doing a better job than a lot of them. So did you go to college, Brian? I did. I went to UT. Oh, I wish I went to college. It's a regret I have. Yeah? Yeah, I tried. I, I graduated super early, and so I started to go to college, mm-hmm. and it was just not for me. I wanted to do comedy. I was like, oh, this sounds horrible. At least you knew that at a young age. Yeah, I mean, I wish I would have done a backup plan, though, right? Even my most successful friends still had a backup plan and good jobs while they were doing comedy. Or yeah, I mean, like, but but here's the thing. I got a theater degree. You know, like, I got a theater degree. I got a business minor. Um, So that's like, but that business minor didn't really get my foot in the door with GoDaddy. You know, like, the fact that they were desperate enough to hire someone like me. Mm-hmm. It was Main Street Hub at the time, which would explain it. But then not a lot to separate those companies. Like, they got acquired, like, a month into me working there. But yeah. Um, but yeah, it was just the fact that we were, they were in a hiring boom and they needed someone roughly like, I don't know, like us who could honestly just shoot the yeah. shit. And oh, they're like, well, we, we, we could, yeah, we are a little chit chatter, mm-hmm. a little chit chat, funny boy. Think yeah, you yeah. can make funny little salesy jokes. All right. See, you know, keep them on a, the line. Yeah. 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 It's a hard racket, but you know, there's learning curve. You, you took to it, man. Like it's fish to water it way better than fun. most college grads. And so, you know, who gives a shit? I what's what I like is people I, talk about trade school for like you know like um, metalwork and and plumbing and stuff like that like trade school for like sales and stuff and like that kind of I guess that's what a liberal arts college is. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, what were you gonna say? Um, I don't know if I was something about telemarketing. It's fun. It's I I tell everyone that works in service industry like you should be a telemarketer. Mm. It's like, are you friendly? Are you smart? Can you handle people? But, being but you, you tell them telemarketer and then that puts them off to it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just, just say, use the fancy word, like account executive software. I uh, do software as a solution sales. I love meeting people that are like in good sales jobs and like their first job was the same as my first job. Mm. And uh, it's crazy because there's so much, there's so much like, there's a lot of jargon. I keep off. Like, I just don't like get into the weeds and that, you mm-hmm. know, like, like when, when they're like, Oh, SAAS. I'm like, I never say SAS like yeah. in my fucking life, but like you just see it everywhere. Uh, uh, I sell a marketing solution. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I, I sometimes I even just say I work in marketing because I don't want to tell people I'm a telemarketer. 
If they have open SaaS cloud-based sharing capabilities for your small business. Exactly. Yeah. I saw cloud computing solutions. Yeah. Oh man, that would be a nuts job. I talk to people who like sell like cyber, and mm-hmm. it's like, so what do you do? It's like, oh, I, I essentially offer like a safe way for companies to store their data, and it's like, no, you don't. You, there's no sim, but I like where your head's at. You know what I mean? It's like, that's cool. Oh, that's because we were talking about it. Yeah, the difference between a business and a scam is like, did it end up working? You know, it's yeah, like, it's no. like, job can be illegal. It just depends on do services get rendered or not? You know, like, are is the company going to follow through on the promise? I mean, thankfully, we've been in jobs where like, that's largely the case. I have know? only had one shady sales job. And oh, it was Shogun? Yeah, Shogun. Yeah. I got a job there and... I quit within two weeks because I thought we were just selling like a software. Like for, predatory loan software? Yeah, it was predatory yeah. loan software. I mm-hmm. thought it was just normal software, normal loan software. But it was like when you look at the loans, it's like, oh, these are predatory loans. This is the Pelican brief, man. You just like open up the wrong like broom yeah. closet. You see like documents you're not supposed to. It, I, dude, I put on my Pelican brief, so I got the fuck out. <laughs> it was yeah. something where it was like, yeah, I, I, I realized what I was selling and I like, was like I'll do anything. I remember you told me. Yeah, yeah, I was like, "This is bad." That's like, what brought you. That's what brought you here. Yeah, you know, now I have a great sales job. Oh my yeah. god, best sales job I've ever had in my life. Yeah, I love same. it. Love it with my whole with my whole heart. No, same. I, I mean, like have never had a sales job where it's like you make good money and you're not selling like a shitty product. Yeah, and I now mean, I do both. It it is a great product, you know. And, and the so GoDaddy product was like eh, the not. It didn't actually line up with the numbers we were given. Pr- pretty like, hit. Yeah, yeah. Totally. You have a thirty percent. You're gonna see a thirty percent increase in click to call. Yeah, I never really. Oh, yeah. yeah, gave like the tangible like, one time. Metrics. I was on the phone because like we did this thing called call coaching, where your manager would get on your headset and speak over you. Dude, in, you in the script that I'm carry. writing, this is what I want to expose: is call coach. Call coaching is such a crazy advent. It's that, crazy. Like, yeah. But, but like they go God voice right into your ears and then you pair yeah. it with the thing. And so I get on the line with this guy who like, he has a treadmill repair company mm. and is I'm selling software. I mean, I'm selling a uh, marketing marketing yeah. for his social medias and stuff. And I just tear his current situation apart. My manager sees it. Loves Pain it. points, baby. Pain points. I'm, t- I'm saying like everyone that finds you on Yelp, I'd never click to call this guy. I would, you know, I, there's no way I'd, I'd judge you, hire you based on your Facebook page. This is horrible. You'll break a scam. Blah, blah, blah. So he's like, what do you do? Like, I'll tell you what we do. I go That's over. the gaslighting. You look like a scam, yeah. buddy. You look yeah. like a scam. I'm my sketchy software. Yeah. <laughs> and so he, I get him I get him all the way through the close, and I can't close him. So my manager jumps on. She's call coaching, and she is tearing this guy apart. She's like, mm-hmm. don't you want to build for your family, your daughter? Don't you care about your daughter's future? Don't you want to oh have something? God. And like, I'm saying all this feeling horrible. A little, little, he he- buys, little heavy, yeah. He gives me $399. I get off. I fucking cry. I call my dad, and I'm like, hey, I might have just done something really bad. And like I'm like I'm like crying dirty dad in my Uber spare. So there's like another couple in the Uber with me, and I'm sitting in the backseat crying, talking to my dad as quiet as I can be. Like, and and my manager said, "Don't you want to be a good dad?" And and like and then, but here's the thing: I tell a guy on my break the next day about it. Like this guy, I was like, dude, I feel weird about this job right now Mm because I was starting to do really good. And I'm like, I like, I got like my manager said this, this isn't bought, dude. And he was like, what's the name of the company? I show, I text him fucking like a month later. He sends me a message and shows me his Facebook and Yelp. And not only do they look great, mm. but he's talking about new reviews he's gotten mm. from the social media. Yeah. And it was like, oh, shit, this yeah, can work. They're success stories. It was yeah. the most. I mean, like, yeah. yeah. I, went, I went selling crazy after that. I was yeah. so convinced. I was like, this will save your business. You have no, this is. And then that like, was always what got me going. You know, it was like I'd bring up mm-hmm. my customers and show show their examples and their photo shoots and everything. And so, I mean, there's no there's no more powerful sell than like when you believe it. And people can feel it. Yeah. That's why that's why sell is depressing when you don't sell what you believe in. Yeah. You know? 
you and, can uh, you can't sell them. <laughs> you can you can but like it, it it'll crush your soul mm -hmm. but then if you lack one already then great you, you know that's that's what arms dealers are mm -hmm. you know but that would um, be an interesting sell. i told a guy at a wedding i said oh i'm in sales and he said what medical devices and i was like <laughs> you just went straight there weird guess i saw <laughs> catheters <laughs> catheters catheters and catheter accessories catheter market yeah see a lot of early reps fall into that trap they fall in love with someone who they had a good initial conversation with them they don't have that many sales so everyone who seems willing to buy like oh i gotta close this guy but that person makes a decision oh it's not for me right now and then they start ghosting you but then they start chasing 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 and yep. then they, they don't chase new money oh yeah or new leads and then they get stuck on like this depressing loop of like oh i'm, I'm gonna call jordy again and i'm like dude jordy does not they want to talk to you that's jordy doesn't want you yeah. it's it's hard to do that when you because like is is like cheesy as it sounds doing being in sales is like emotionally draining because like you you're connecting with people you're talking to people and like you're learning about them like it's a you're doing that for you know eight hours just mm -hmm. on the phone talking to people and like so you have that that experience with someone you've you know talked to them you've done all that and then it's it's like how much can i how 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 far into you being clearly not into this should i still continue to see if there is a chance of closing you mm. because i'll just keep chasing it yeah. and it's like it's hard to let go you have to let go you have to do exactly what you said where it's like yep you just gotta you know get up get back out Move there on. yeah maybe in a year or so you'll call me back and say i was i was so wrong i wish i would have bought your product you'll be homeless and then i'll be like yeah. well because the price went up price went up <laughs> price went up uh you know watercrafts like jet skis yeah yeah so this, i repaired them outside i think it was davie florida or yeah one of the little areas you Common call industry with, yeah. you're familiar with telemarketing prime plan candidate because yeah. it includes <laughs> prime yeah. plan candidate yeah it includes trip advisor All right, oh on. yeah <laughs> calling this guy and he uh he he's saying i work on watercrafts and i'm like well mm -hmm. you got to get a better social media if i wanted to fix my watercraft and he's like well if you go to any dealership in this state they'll give you my phone number i'm the only guy that works on these types of watercrafts yeah he's like i'll make thirty five thousand dollars a month mm -hmm. and i was like what yeah, he probably does the jetpacks and all that stuff and like the super specialized. There was like a yeah. certain time period of water skis, I mean of jet skis, you know, watercrafts with the mm -hmm. actual term. He was very insistent on that, mm -hmm. that he works on, that dealerships don't work on anymore. Mm -hmm. And he's mm -hmm. like, I'm the only guy in the state. He's like, I got a warehouse full of parts. No one has this. And then he's like, he's like, you could come out and work for me. And he was like, <laughs> you can come out. I can hire you right now. I'll teach you how to do this. Yeah, I got a couple. I fucking of sold the salesman. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. No, I, I got a couple of those. I love sure. what I'm yeah. telling to someone and they offer me a job. Then, yeah, same, same. That's the best. What yeah, I'm like, well, what's your health plan? What's your plan look like? And yeah, they laugh, yeah. I laugh, but it's like, but seriously. No, no, but seriously. But, yeah. dude, I was trying to sell this you guy. You said you liked me. I was working at, at, at Chive TV selling their TV stuff. Mm. I tried to sell this guy uh, who's like owns a tire shop in Stroke. <laughs> I spent six hours on the phone with him over the course of two months. And like, I'd be like, his name's Martin Walsh. I'd call him back, Mr. Walsh. It's Jeff again. And he would just be like, oh, Jeff, I can't, I don't have time for this. It's not a good idea. Would spend hours back and forth with me, letting me just like glove off being like, if you care about your business, you tell telling too, me you don't care about your business. He's too polite to just hang up on you. Dude, it's, and it's, he it's would battle for hours and just go to toe to toe with me. He enjoyed it. It's like yeah, these yeah, types yeah, of people yeah. where it's like, I'm, you know, I'm saying things like, if I'm telling you, I can not only, it, you know, decrease perceived wait time, but increase referrals. That's something that you don't find valuable. Well, of course, I'd be foolish not to say that'd be valuable, Jeff. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I mean. Uh, you, you ever use the term? It's like, I'll give you this so you feel like you won today. Mm-hmm. Not yeah. exact. Yeah, not, not that exact, but yeah, a version of that for sure. For sure. 
Yeah, because it's because they'll always be like, "Well, we want this instead," or like, "Give me a lower rate on this." Sometimes Ooh, you just like fifty bucks off. Yeah. yeah, you want fifty dollars out of my commission, and then you make them feel bad about it. Yeah, you yeah. don't think I worked hard for this, buddy? Yeah, okay, yeah. no, take here's fifty dollars out of my pocket. This is gonna go to my my daughter's my daughter's. Uh, Here, hop on Zoom. I want to show you the fifty dollars leaving my wallet right fucking now. <laughs> Here, let me light it on fire for you. Yeah, <laughs> I like it when people pretend like they don't have money that's like my favorite type of mm -hmm. client you get where they're like oh i don't know if i can afford something like this do you take amex yeah we take amex yeah <laughs> I, I like yeah yeah exactly no that's always the funniest part like they're battling me on price and then do you take amex yeah that's that's definitely yeah. something oh, oh, we <laughs> take amex oh that's a crap oh, yeah baby yeah, we, we take, take it that. we take that man yeah. i gotta go to karate class fellas karate or jujitsu it's jujitsu is it jujitsu or wrestling it's wrestling but it's called jujitsu it's like a type of wrestling, grappling, right? Right, jujitsu. Okay, you yeah. know what, what really frustrated me was um, there was some kind of, it was like playing heads up, and there was some, it, it, and the word was jujitsu, and then one of the words, uh, like like one of the hint words, or like uh, it was something where you had to like guess a word, uh, an approximation to this like uh, martial art, and it said kick, and the ironic part is like, and and it was like because there's kicking in this uh, martial art, but it was like. An explicitly non-kicking martial art mm -hmm. too. So I was like so pissed. I was like, the more you know about jujitsu, the less helpful this yeah. is. Have yeah. you done jujitsu before? Never done it. I did. Camp I boxed in high school, and I'm going back to boxing. Um, yeah, lately. So th that's been fun. But nice. yeah, we'll let you get back to class. What do you want to plug? Um, I'm well. By the time this comes out, uh, my show will be happening. So, um, yeah, I I run a show with another comedian also from Austin. His name is Austin Silver. Uh, he lives in LA, so we actually co-run uh, a number of shows together. So we have one at the Federal. We have JC Karias uh, doing that one. Avital Ash, who is just on the new season of Barry. Um, that's going to be tomorrow, so I'm flying out tonight uh, to LA to catch it. Nice. And then, uh, then we're going to do another spot um, at Austin's uh, work too. He uh, they they've agreed to host us and sponsor us, so uh, we're going to do that show in a few days on the 25th. But otherwise, I'm in LA. Um, so, you know, uh, follow me and, and I'll post my dates and, uh, and I'm in Austin a lot too. So, you know, if you're in either of those two markets and I'll be touring, uh, coming up, I don't know exactly where I will be, but Holly, where can we, where can uh, we follow you? Um, oh yeah. My Instagram is just at Brian Bogart, B R I N uh, dot Bogart, Brian dot Bogart. Um, and that's, that's pretty much my primary social media, not really on TikTok necessarily, but, um, if I am, you'll find out through, uh, that Instagram probably. So find me there. You know JT's a up and coming TikTok star. JT's always meant for stardom. <laughs> oh, yeah, almost at ten thousand followers at like eight something. Awesome. I mean, that's awesome, man. Look at me, TikTok boy. Yeah, TikTok. Do my little dances. Teach Tell me how to TikTok, stories. buddy. Teach me how to TikTok. Teach me how to TikTok. Yeah. Awesome. Well, Brian, I can't thank you enough. Thank you so much for coming. No, on. thank you for having me. It's been an yeah. honor meeting you finally, Robert. Great. Yeah. 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 Robert over here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm I'm a, I'm a bob head. <laughs> awesome. I got a shower. Uh, Wanna sign?